MachoRadio.com production. It's Dave and Darren's Top 5 Things. Here's a look back at what we did on our morning show, which you can hear, by the way, on Planet939.com. If you get the Planet93.9 app, you can listen to the entire show with the songs and the commercials, all of it. That's available as a podcast on the Planet93.9 app. But this, this, is, this is condensed. This is the very best of what we did on the show today. Don't, and, don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Distilled. I mean, it was all great, but this is like the the angel's share. Distilled down into a very smokable chunk. <laughs> the <laughs> podcast brought to you by... Now with more Dave and Darren resin for you to enjoy. The podcast is brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Tech Drive in Milan and West Main Street in Galesburg. Milan, they're open every day. Galesburg is open weekdays and Saturdays. The Milan store offers both medicinal and recreational. Galesburg is recreational only. Nature's Treatment offers a wide selection of products for recreational use, including flower, vapes, and edibles. Sign up for the newsletter and connect with Nature's Treatment on Twitter and also Instagram. Where do we go from here? To the top. <laughs> Number one. Number, Number one. 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 Number one. As I was making my way to the studio this morning, yes. uh, I was on uh, Interstate 80. and Still working out a path to work. No, I've got it figured oh, out. Oh, you got it figured yeah, no, out. I, okay, you know, you know how to get here in a timely manner. Darren, Darren is referencing a, a chap who uh, years ago, a chap, years ago, uh, <laughs> an uh, excuse w- w- was late for work, and uh, and it was because he'd moved from a house in Davenport to a house in Bettendorf, and he would be late for work. And his explanation was that he was still trying to figure out the best route to get to work. Right. Moved from Davenport. Moved from like yeah the, to Bettendorf, McClellan Heights, but to, still had to yeah. work in Davenport. Yeah, right. And the excuse, right. Moved about four minutes away from where he was living, right. And somehow turned that into, I can't be here on time because every morning I'm trying to figure out new new routes to work. The best one. Yeah, I got to figure out what the super route is to get from point A to point B. Yeah, I'm I'm I apologize for being late, but. It's only my commitment to figuring out the most efficient way to get to work that prevented me from being here on time. I forgot to brush my teeth, so I went home. See, that was another person that we used that to That was work a different with. person. Yeah. Got to, ho- got to work on time. Turned around, went home. And then home. realized as she, <laughs> she was getting out of the car, oh, I forgot to brush my teeth, and then drove. I'll be back. Quite some distance home to, to go take care of that. As I was driving into work this morning, I it's not unusual to see... Uh, you know, dead animals on the side of the interstate. Yeah, unfortunately, they kind of explode out here. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think I I scan not only in front of me, but to the sides because you I'm just to. waiting I know. for some deer to run in front of me. Like, I, I've just made my peace with it. That's, that's probably going to happen, given the carnage. And we're getting close to that time of year where blood flows red on the highways. And it's, Well, they're not only rutting, so, so am I. Right, right. I see a, a dead animal on the side of the road, and I, I had to do a double take. Now, keep in mind, I'm doing 65 miles an hour, and it's, you know, not quite 4 o'clock in the morning, but I'm looking, and I, I think, wait a minute, is that a, is that a pig? Like, is there a dead pig on the side of the highway? And then I realize it can't be. It's probably just a big possum or a, a raccoon, if you'll, if you'll have it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, now I'm reading, it could have been a pig. Because apparently, this country has an out-of-control super pig population. And it says here that this is a ticking time bomb. A wild hog ticking time bomb. These wild hogs do billions of dollars in damage a year. There are nine million feral hogs in these United States. Hmm. And those numbers are ballooning. The U.S. Department of Agriculture says that these wild feral hogs, just crazy pigs out in the wild, these things are doing $2.5 billion in damage a year. To like what? Swing sets? <laughs> Tornado slides in particular. Pools. <laughs> Above ground and in ground pools. Once, once you get one of those wild pigs in your pool, he's not coming out. <laughs> Dale Nolte is the manager of the National Feral Swine Damage Management Program at the Department of Agriculture. That's someone's job. Yeah, that's his business card. Taking care of feral swine. And he says that the numbers of feral hogs in the United States, they call it in the business the feral swine bomb. Because these things reproduce so quickly, you can't really control the population. He tells the Atlantic here to go from a thousand to two thousand is no big deal. But if you've got a million, it doesn't take long to get to four million and then eight million. These feral hogs are domestic breeds and European wild boar, which have crossbred and become what they call in the business Super pigs. Super pigs. How They're, is that not a minor league baseball team? The super pigs? They are highly intelligent, they have incredible senses of smell, and they've got heavy fur, which increases their ability to survive in the wild. They get that from the boars. So it's nothing for a feral hog to go through a winter, because they're covered in thick hair. Equally problematic is the qualities they get from domestic pigs, which have been bred to be fertile at all times. And when they do have litters, they're big litters. Because that's what you want. You mm -hmm. want lots of pigs. Each litter can have more than 10 piglets, and that's on average. They can grow to be 250 pounds. And they can be twice the size and reach up to three feet in height. So with these hybrid pigs, you get all the massive benefits of all the genetics. It's, it's again, a super pig. They have four tusks that are constantly growing, two up on top and two at the bottom. And these things can run up to 30 miles an hour. 30 miles an hour? Yes. So it's keeping up with you at 30 miles an hour? Isn't that nuts? That is a super pig. Now, is that what you saw? That's what you're claiming to have seen? It's possible. Did it puncture a tire? No, it wasn't. It was, it was dead. Oh, it was dead. It was dead on the side of the road. You hit a... You had a 250-pound, three-foot pig. What is that going to do to your car? They damage crops, obviously. Uh, they also transmit pathogens to healthy adult livestock, and they will kill young and, and vulnerable livestock. 
They like to eat fruit, berries, grapes, and nuts from orchards. And Who they doesn't? Will, and they will destroy the saplings when they rub plants with their bodies so that they can get bugs off their skin. So you plant a bunch of saplings, these wild super pigs come through and start using all of your saplings as a, you know, bug scratcher. Sounds like they have a full day. They carry at least 30 viral and bacterial diseases and 40 different parasites. All of these, by the way, are transmittable to both pets and humans. Mm Mm-hmm. They can transmit swine flu, naturally, also salmonella, hepatitis, and pathogenic E. coli. Gonorrhea. <laughs> I got, I got crash I from gonorrhea a from pig. a pig. <laughs> well, that's no way to talk about a young lady. These things are aggressive and are known to physically attack farmers, hikers, and people out on picnics. It was a lovely picnic until the 250-pound... We got charged by... (laughs) Super pigs. We got charged by 10 super piglets. The aggression is becoming worse and worse because the pigs associate us with food. Mm. Because one, trash. Two, people are giving these super pigs handouts. Here you go, super pig. You finish this Snickers bar. In Texas alone, they say 1.5 million feral hogs. You don't seem yourself, super pig. Have a (laughs) Snickers. November of last year, a 59-year-old woman in southeast Texas was attacked and killed by feral hogs. Well, every community's got one. That's what they say. They say in areas where hog populations are sparse, these super pig populations are starting to increase. There's a country club in Austin that's reported an increased amount of hog activity on its golf course, resulting in large and small chunks of grass being uprooted all around the course. You hate to see that. I wonder if anyone's going to take advantage of this as far as marketing, like the, like McDonald's, the super pig McRib. <laughs> well, we all have to do our part. In- this fall, <laughs> it's a game changer. McDonald's, the super pig McRib. Feral hogs are a non-protected species, and depending on where you live, you can you can hunt these things. And in Texas, for example, if you have a license, 365 days a year, you can kill a feral hog. Mm-hmm. They would love for you to get rid of all of them. Spanish explorers likely introduced these hogs to Texas over 300 years ago. And now, now it's all this. Now we got super pigs to worry about. On the way to work. <laughs> well, I if mean, I, if I can figure out the right route, it may it, it may not have been a pig on the side of the road, it, it, but it may have been. It, it wasn't as big as two hundred fifty pounds, whatever it was. Yeah, things can play tricks on you, right? Out here on the perimeter, <laughs> well, <laughs> at that time of morning, anytime. your your mind starts to uh, race, and <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. <laughs> I find it hard to believe that people are still getting married, given, you know, everything that's going on, or at least throwing, you know, big weddings. Mm -hmm. Seems like that's something maybe you could... I understand the urge to want to get married and start a family, but but maybe have that be a much smaller affair than maybe you would if this was, oh, I don't know, nine months ago, right? Like You had a pretty big wedding. 
It was, yeah, it was a decent size. But there wasn't a global well, health crisis going on in 2001. Not to my knowledge. No, no. We, well, I mean, there was. We kept it quiet. The idea of, of having a, a big wedding right now, it just seems like you, you should either wait or scale things down. But people are still having these big damn to-dos. And there's a story here of a a bridezilla. They always want to blame the brides for this stuff. You ever notice that? That's kind of sexist. Like, whenever a wedding goes wrong, uh-huh. they always want to say it's the bride. Well, what's wrong with being sexy? Ist. There's an ist at the end. See? So the the invitation for this wedding, the nuts and the bolts of it are, depending on how much money you're willing to give the the wedding couple... Is how good the wedding will be? How good the food... How good the food will be. Yes. You get a much nicer meal. (laughs) You get a good meal. If you're able to... Pony up. Mm Mm-hmm. Guests get better food. Okay, so did they? If ha- they did gift they ha- money, did they have plateaus? Did they have different levels? Like at, at this level, you get a tote bag. At this level, you get well, no, uh, at this, chicken. Th- at this level, you get macaroni and cheese. <laughs> at this level, you get Salisbury steak. At this level, Salisbury steak. At this level, you get you, you know, get a hungry man get, meal fresh get, out of the get, oven. You get shrimp. <laughs> This was it. Last week we had the story of the woman who berated a gift that she got because somebody gave her a box full of sweets, and the bride wrote a, a thank you card saying, "Look, I don't know if you've ever been to a wedding before, but you need to not give me candy. You need to give me a check because I'm out two hundred dollars on you too." You know what would be fun mm-hmm. is to have a reception where you have the meal, and you got a decent sized wedding. Yeah, and it's hibachi. Okay. I don't hate this to idea. To order, though. I don't hate that at all. Except you're going to hate it when you've realized that you only got one guy cooking. <laughs> and he's <laughs> spending a whole wedding making onion volcanoes. And everyone's just sitting there furious. <laughs> like, this is going to take forever. Oh, my God. And he you, keeps doing and, his shtick with the knives. And you did it intentionally. That's <laughs> not bad. Oh, I ate a long time ago. Have you guys eaten yet? No. Well, it's going to be great when you get there. You wanted the plateaus. I've got the plateaus. Okay. On the RSVP, you write your name. The different levels. And then it says, so that we may prepare your preferred dinner, uh-huh. please circle your gift level and indicate a meal choice for each person in your party. A loving gift yeah. is up to $250. Wow. For that, you get roast chicken or swordfish. Uh-huh. The silver gift category is $251 to $500. Yeah. Now, you can get the roast chicken or swordfish. Of course. But in addition to that, we'd also like to offer you poached salmon or sliced steak. The golden gift level... I can slice my own steak. ...is $501. I don't think that means cut your meat, Darren. They're not going to cut your meat at the table for you. Although for a $500 silver gift, they ought to... The golden gift level is $501 to $1,000. Uh-huh. Now, all of the above choices, so you, you get that roast chicken, you we get prefer, the swordfish. We prefer if you had the chicken. Sliced steak or poached salmon. We will also add at this gift tier, uh-huh. filet mignon or lobster tails. Mm. 
And then finally, yeah, what's the, the top? The platinum gift. That's one thousand and one dollar to twenty five hundred and above. You get all the above choices, or a two pound lobster plus a souvenir champagne goblet. Mm. What? Vegetarian and kosher meals are available, but only, only at the platinum gift level. <laughs> Take that, you vegetarian. <laughs> you want a vegetarian meal? We're going to need $1,001. Uh, oh, boy. The platinum gift, the kosher and vegetarian meals are only available at the platinum gift level. The souvenir champagne goblet is only available, it says here, at the platinum gift level. Please indicate your your preference. Mm-hmm. The favor of your reply requested by the 13th of September. Make it fast. <laughs> How do these people sleep at night? On big piles of money. <laughs> all these all these levels. Let us know what you're gonna now. I need to level off my shaman. No, what's to stop me from circling? Oh, I guess you have to sign your name to it. Yeah. So if I sign my name to it and say, "Yeah, no, put me down for the platinum gift level." Yeah. And then I give you a card for fifty bucks. Yeah. What are they gonna do? Yeah. What are you take gonna do? me to court? What are you gonna do? <laughs> it was just a pledge. Yeah, look. Uh, oh, we, they were so mad. Times are, times are tough. What do you want me to do? They got so mad when they opened that card. Vegetarian and kosher meals are available at the platinum gift level. Thank you for coming. Is this celery kosher? <laughs> two dollar uh, or two pound lobster while you drink from a souvenir champagne goblet. Souvenir champagne goblet. What am I supposed Why to do? Why would with I that? want that? Congratulations. Is my name on it? No, it's Mike and Belinda. No. Who? I want my name on it. <laughs> For that kind of dough, you should have your name on it. World's greatest guest. <laughs> three. 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 Would you say you're someone who loves to travel? Travel something you enjoy doing? Yeah. 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 I enjoy... I don't know about the... Tra- well, I mean, it depends on what I'm doing. See... Being somewhere else is is a lot of fun. Yes, getting there is the part that sucks, right? The, yeah, if you're if it's a long journey, right? Then it's you know if you're if we're just talking about a road trip, oh, I'm down, right? You know, right? With that sort of thing, right? Something that we can get to within six hours or whatever. That's then, your window, then, six then, hours. Then, if it's then, beyond fine. six, you say then it, it starts turning into a bit of a drag. At yeah. that. I mean, if you if you have to fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife was suggesting over the weekend that maybe, uh, maybe in the winter time, we would we would drive down in to Florida time. to see her dad. Uh-huh. And I said, under no circumstances will that be right, happening, right? Because here's the thing: we drove down there 25 years ago, and yeah. we swore we wouldn't do it. Do it again? We do you were, remember that? We were too old for it then. Yeah, I'm not getting in a car. And driving no. to wear a mask in someone's house in Florida. This is not, we're not doing that. He, Eventually, we'll be able to travel again. Not in the wintertime, probably. Right? Probably not, no. There are folks who are so hungry for the experience of traveling mm. 
that in Australia, their air carrier, Qantas, just announced a seven-hour flight... Oh, to nowhere. To nowhere. I did see that. I didn't know what that was. I saw the headline. This flight sold out in 10 minutes. And the idea is this. You get on a plane in Sydney, Australia. Yes. This will be on October 10th. And you will fly around for seven hours, mm-hmm. and you will land in Sydney, Australia. But do you stop anywhere? No stops. You don't whatsoever. have any stops. I would think Absolutely that that would almost help. No stops. I would think that that would that they would put those in there so that you're actually somewhere else. Uh-huh. And then it's like, okay, we're going to take you know, we're going to take off now. We're here in Perth or wherever. Yeah. And now we need to go. At least when you get home, when the flight's over, you're home. Well, there is that. <laughs> and you know, you know, parking isn't that much of a backbreaker. No, if, if you're, you're just there for coming seven back hours. the same day, yeah. This flight to nowhere again. You don't have to pack. So <laughs> that's true too. You don't have to worry about luggage. Well, I would, I would have a snacks. Carry, yeah, carry on with like goldfish and whatnot. Goldfish. Oh, oh goldfish oh, crackers. Oh, oh, goldfish crackers from Pepperidge Farm. Sure, those are an ideal. Treat for when you're airborne. I would probably. I ha- cannot fly without a b- would, little bag of goldfish. I, have, I won't, Darren. I won't. I would bring my wasabi and soy sauce almonds. <laughs> Is that going to stink up the whole cabin? None of my business. I'll bring my toe clippers, so I got them, and I'll just uh, take care of that while I'm up in the air. You know what? While we're up here. My toenails are getting kind of long. I I could climb a tree with these things. Without using my hands. This flight to nowhere is seven hours, and it's sold out. They say it's one of the quickest flights they've ever had in the history of Qantas, as far as selling out. Do you get a good meal? You get low-level scenic views of some of Australia's most popular vacation destinations. Well, there's that. We're going to fly over some places you might like to visit. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe next time. This is a Boeing 787. They had 134 available seats, and they all got bought within 10 minutes. A 787? Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big plane. Tickets for the seven-hour journey were priced between $575 or $2,765, depending on which class you wanted to sit in. So you want a first-class seat for a seven-hour flight to nowhere. That's going to cost you 2700 bucks. Spokesperson for Qantas says this is the fastest selling flight in Qantas history. People clearly miss travel and the experience of flying. If the demand is there, they say, we'll definitely look at doing more of these scenic flights while we wait for borders to open. Other countries have been doing this. Taiwan and Japan recently offered similar sightseeing flights to get people to, uh, you know, enjoy the air travel. Also, it's a way to make money because if you're not flying anywhere... You're well, making any dough, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I'm sure the thought has crossed your mind. How much would it suck if this plane goes down in flames? Well, We're not even going anywhere. Well, they all suck when that happens. <laughs> but you weren't even going anywhere. What was I doing? As the plane goes down, you look at your partner and in the seat next to you. This was your idea. This plane is going to hit my car. (laughs) It's it's going straight for my car. (laughs) That's your concern. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. this is going to totally oh. take out my car. Oh, the resale value on my Taurus is Story here of a triathlon. The big triathlon, the Santander triathlon, happening in España, Spain. And it's in the news because of a bit of good sportsmanship. Triathlete, whose opponent almost lost out on the bronze. Uh, this is going viral because Diego Mentrita. I can always count on you, Diego. Behind James Teagle in Spain's triathlon. Teagle was in third place, took a wrong turn yards away from the finish line. Mm-hmm. And this Mentrita passed him, but then noticed, oh, wait, you took a wrong turn. How does that happen? So he stopped so this Teagle could cross the finish line first. Stopped so the guy that was in third place would get third place. But it does seem like yards away from the finish line doesn't seem like a place where there should be a wrong turn available. A fork in the road. No, that's just bad planning. Mentrita is saying here, uh, this is something my parents and my club taught me since I was a child. In my view, it should be a normal thing to do. Race organizers gave him an honorary third place and ended up giving him the same cash prize. Third place, prize, $350. Well, that means people in fourth and fifth and sixth place <laughs> took a bit of a financial hit. The money's got to come from somewhere. Did 350 bucks? I'm I mean, sure it's not really a wrong turn if someone just before the finish line, mm-hmm. decides to go visit a food truck. That's not what that's not a That's not a wrong turn. That's, that's an intentional situation. In my limited experience in... in Triathlons? In, well, I've never done a triathlon, but like the Bix, when you're finishing the Bix, it's very clear that that's the finish. Just keep going straight. Go straight right. to the giant sign that says and where, finish. And where everybody, the thousands of people in front of you are going. See the big clock that's ticking down? Uh-huh. Run towards the big clock. Th- that way? Yes. Teagle gratefully shook this uh, Mentrita's hand as he crossed the finish line. As opposed to... And now international athletes are celebrating this as the ultimate gesture in good sportsmanship. So you're running the Bix. I never have. Yeah. So I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. You're getting toward the finish line. Yeah. And you, you go straight. Mm-hmm. As opposed to taking the sign that says, Muscatine. <laughs> Yes. Don't go to Muscatine is what you're telling me. Here's the thing, too, about the finish of the Bix. Um, in my head, and I've done it, you know, I've done it a couple of times. In my head. How many times have you done it? Uh, twice. Okay. <laughs> that would be a, a couple. I know, but it, a couple makes it sound like it could be more than two. If I say, what a lovely couple, how many people is that? Well. That's two. A thruple is three. They do things. That's none of my business. Behind closed doors. You go go with God. That's what I say. This uh, has nothing to do with this. (laughs) Both times I've run the Bix. Yes. When you make the turn on that long straightaway where the finish line is. Yes. In my head, the finish line should always be a lot closer than it is. Right. Well, it's like. Oh, now I got to run. I got to. You make the turn. You're like, oh, I got to run to the Quad City Times now. Oh, this is. The finish should be here well, at the it's bottom like, of the hill. It's like Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. 
everything looks a lot closer than it is. Right. Because the buildings are relatively tall. So massive. So yeah. massive. It's like, oh, it's right there. It's, but it's going to take a while. Yeah, right there is. Now, uh, when you've ran it or wa- ran walked, yes. you've done that both times with your wife? I have, yes. Okay, so you guys finish together. We do. You don't like... I mean, do you put a little charge at the end just to win? Both times I have, yes. <laughs> just like when you're 10 feet away. Yes. I'm still going to win. I have enough energy when I'm 10 feet away. 10 feet away to, to, sprint, make, a, to make a... Yeah. To sprint the last 10 feet and really feel like a champ. And then I come to a, a, a complete stop. And uh, and then, you know, it's over to the parking lot of the Times for some ding-dongs and, uh, and, and, and beer. Popsicle treats. And yeah, they have beer there too, sure. So you do cross the line first. I I I or, think or, both, or, I think both times I have. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look at the at the results. <laughs> I'll have to look at the tape that they have. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do take your picture. Uh-huh. And here's the thing. Like they, the roller coaster picture? Yes. And they send it to you like, "Well, here's some pictures we took of you while you're on the race." Uh, that's have, not that's not a look I want to remember. No, I have to imagine <laughs> after, after running a, 7 miles. I mean, a lot of people, mm-hmm. I have to imagine there's the look of I've I've soiled myself. People who are runners look oh, fantastic. Yes. Because it's like, look at me. I've done it. I've accomplished it. Yes. I look like I just got thrown out of a train. Well, you can actually see the vomit. I've never puked while fixing. No, but no, it's not. The look, the look on my face is not something I would put on a wall. Well, the look on your face tells everybody... You don't know where you are. Uh, I thought this was a good idea where, for the first two miles. Where, and the last five miles, I've been... Where am I? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a little confused about some is, things. Is this heaven? <laughs> no. Doesn't feel like what they promised heaven would feel like. It's but, not. <laughs> it's not. Although, the again, the, the ding-dongs and the popsicles, that's, that's close to heaven. Hello, I'm Mr. Ding-dong. I like ding-dongs. Want one of my ding-dongs? Maybe that's what you could be. The guy that hands out ding dongs at the end of the Bix. There you go. You know, get a ding dong in you. That'll that'll fix you right up. Five, 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 number five. People are walking around with astronaut helmets on. This is something called the microclimate air, and apparently people can't buy these fast enough. It's an acrylic helmet mm-hmm. that you pay 200 bucks for, and you've got like your own climate inside your head. And you can wear it with regular clothes, but you're just walking around with... I mean, describe that for the listeners. That's an astronaut helmet, right? <laughs> you know who needs that? Hmm. Andy Reid. <laughs> <laughs> Microclimate. Created this visor with air filters that looks like a Moon Man helmet. Microclimate's air is an acrylic visor that it says here enables an unobstructed view of the face. And they're selling like hotcakes. What do they want for that? It doesn't look cheap. 200 bucks. 200 bucks. 199 bucks. You can walk around with this Moon Man face on. It looks like you've got got earaches or a toothache. (laughs) <laughs> I could see that. It kind of looks like the helmets from 2001, A Space Odyssey. But, I mean, the pictures we're looking at, like, there's a businessman who has this but that, astronaut helmet so on. so cool to be able to walk into a convenience store with that on. Just, I'm here to take me to your leader, is what it looks like. There are other 
helmets now that are being developed. Uh, one Toronto-based firm has created something called the BioVisor, a shield with a space-age aesthetic. Uh, that's going for $379. So this air helmet for only 200 bucks is like a relative steal. Okay, well, I know what I want for Christmas. The helmet has fans. I want fans. And HEPA filters with four hours of battery life. So it's constantly moving, and it's moving air in and out of your your dome there. I tend to think I'm going to look pretty intimidating in it. <laughs> in an astronaut helmet? Uh-huh, because I'm going to have, like, sunglasses on, too. There are cushion liners included to make the helmet comfortable. And I'm going to wear wax lips. And the helmet itself is made of washable fabric, so... You take the helmet off and you put it in the washing machine. Mm-hmm. They're targeting themselves to young tech-savvy professionals. Well, that sounds like me. <laughs> what? Consider yourself zing. The zing of the day. The appeal of these helmets is the look is you can easily see and be seen without the obstruction of a mask. Oh, I'm still wearing a mask. Microclimate has some unique technology that makes it feel like there's nothing in front of you while you're wearing it. So it makes the experience of wearing it very comfortable, they say. Air, order it now. And it just is constantly modifying your your, your air. Of all the things you wear, it says here. Your expression is the most important. Not only... People will be able to see your beautiful face. Not only is Christmas coming up, but Mm -hmm. I've got a birthday right around then, too. (laughs) Here you go. I never know what I want. We got you an air microclimate helmet. (laughs) I love that. That's a good... I mean, that's a great look. I'll never take it off. (laughs) Why are you wearing it to bed? I wear it in the shower. (laughs) I've electrocuted myself uh, several times, intentionally. <laughs> it's a mild shock. I, I, I just, I don't know what to make of this. It's it'd just... be great. It, it'd be great if you worked at. Uh, does it have like a little windshield wiper on it? Because that would be great if you worked at the car wash. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. And that's Dave and Darren's top five things. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, we'll try better tomorrow. Hard cheese. Yeah, you know what? If you didn't enjoy today's show, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I know you did. It was good. You you, you liked it. Yeah. Uh, you, you liked it. You had a good time. You had fun. You, you had a yeah, good time. You had a good time. The podcast brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Nature's Treatment of Illinois' goal is to fully understand their clients' need physically, mentally, and emotionally because they know it's not easy to live with a chronic illness. Their experienced wellness consultants will sit down with you and discuss what options work best to make you feel more comfortable. Frequently asked questions are answered at the website, which is ntillinois.com. Until we get a chance to do it for you again, hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Dabbing board, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh, it was great fun. I don't even remember why we came, but I had a ball. I look forward to reminiscing about this tomorrow.